Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in The Word with us today. Today's Gospel reading comes from Luke, the 12th chapter, beginning with verse 49. If you have been listening along this summer, you know that we are making our way along with Jesus toward Jerusalem. Um, and as we make that trip, Jesus has been giving instructions and sharing parables with his disciples. Today's gospel takes a decided turn in tone. And so listen along. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three, they will be divided. Father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This is the gospel of the Lord. Oh my goodness, that is a hard word to hear. Do you think I have come to bring peace on earth? That's the question that Jesus asks today. And I want to just give a really simple answer. Yes, Jesus, I do. I have read Luke's gospel. From the very opening chapter of Luke, peace has been a watchword. Right before the story of Jesus' birth, Zechariah refers to the birth of the Messiah and sings, By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. If that's not clear enough, there are the angels who announce Jesus' birth with the words, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace to God's people on earth. We sing these words every Christmas Eve, and then before we go home, we light sweet candles and turn off the lights, and we sing silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, sleep in heavenly peace. Yes, we think that Jesus has come to bring sweet, heavenly, comforting peace. If you were to sit at Bethlehem, you would sit in the shadow of a window of Jesus as the good shepherd. And as many of us do at Bethlehem, we imagine him holding us tight and keeping us safe and secure. Yes, Jesus, you have come to bring peace. Which is what makes today's gospel so distressing. Because there is no good shepherd for us to point to today. 
only Jesus the disturber, with words about division and a warning that conflict lies ahead for those who follow him. What do we do with this? I have struggled with these words of Jesus throughout my life. Conflict gives me a stomach ache and disturbs my sleep at night. I don't want to be part of a divided household, not in my family and not in my church. I'm not interested in strife or discord. And frankly, given the state of the world around us, I'm not sure that Jesus' words are all that helpful. And yet, they belong to Jesus. And so they demand our attention. I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. What is Jesus getting at? Well, one clue is also in that first chapter of Luke. As Jesus' mother Mary sings, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. As Mary's song makes clear, the God who chooses her is a God of reversals. Her song continues, God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. I bet Jesus grew up hearing his mother sing that song. Jesus' ministry has embodied these reversals, and now as he makes his way to Jerusalem, Jesus is filled with a holy fire that compels him to demand urgency from his followers. Time is short. We dare not be content with the way things are. This is the time to be honest about the inequities about inequities, as well as about our willingness to ignore the sin, the signs of crisis that stare us right in the face. Jesus is also making clear that the peace that he offers is not the fake peace of denial, dishonesty, and harmful accommodation. His is a holistic, truth-telling, disinfecting peace the kind of deep, life-changing peace that doesn't hesitate to break in order to mend and cut in order to heal. As Jesus makes his way to the cross, he lovingly and painfully reminds us that the world we live in too often deals death and not life. And so as he travels the road with us, he is kindling a fire in us to open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to feel the reality of suffering and, and injustice that surrounds us in this day. The widows left behind, the orphans forgotten, the immigrants ignored. He is demanding that we acknowledge the blind spots that we would rather ignore and confess the ways that we'd rather keep our head down and avoid the conflict than enter in and let our very lives be changed. Because that is what Jesus is here to do. Change us. 
bring us to repentance. Show us a different way of life. Kindle in us a holy fire that burns away the nonsense that prevents all creation from knowing the depth of God's loving kindness. And the refining that Jesus offers is not a peaceful, painless endeavor. A dear friend of mine, Pastor Libby Howe, wrote about such an experience in her own life, and I'd like to share her words with you. She writes, A friend of mine, an ELCA pastor, posted the following status on his Facebook page. Okay, folks, finish the sentence. You know you are part of a predominantly white church, the ELCA, which is true, when, and people did. Most of them were written by people of color, and they included statements like, you notice that only the persons of color in the room are being asked, when did you become a Lutheran? Or you're a transracial family visiting for worship, and it's suggested that you go to the church down the street because they have black folks that attend there. You interview for a church job, and the senior pastor says his people aren't ready for colored folk. As I read through those responses, Libby says, I began to wonder, will any white people say what they see? Or what they have thought or said or done? Then I posted the following. It took me three days at a staff meeting in Chicago to realize that one of my colleagues, who is not white, and who I later learned holds a senior-level institutional position, was not the coach bus driver. I spent a year in college writing a thesis on how structural racism impacted the ministry of local congregations. I spent a year reading the works of Martin Luther King Jr. and others. I spent that year attending a black Baptist church, and I sang all four years in my college's gospel choir where I was one of the 20% who were white. And I still thought my colleague was the bus driver. Never mind that he was in the meeting all day. What bus driver do you know that sits in on a meeting he drove people to all day? Never mind that he was conversing casually with many other colleagues. I thought they were being hospitable to him. Never mind that he was dressed very professionally in a suit and tie. I thought it was his uniform. And never mind that I have spent a lot more time than most white people studying and thinking about issues of diversity. I figure if it can happen to me, and it certainly isn't the only time I've made such an assumption, it can and does happen to you too. I was ashamed of what I did. In fact, I had never admitted it until I wrote that Facebook post. What I did showed me that despite all my attempts at knowledge and sensitivity, I am a white person living in the U.S., and that fact affords me a certain life and lifestyle, a certain set of values and assumptions that people who are not white do not enjoy. I cannot escape this, but I can resolve to be aware of it and learn to practice ways to dismantle it. Libby was being refined, but not without some real pain and true disruption of her inner peace. 
maybe in hearing her story, you have your own fire burning in your belly about her words or your reaction to it? If so, you know what Jesus is talking about in today's gospel. The peace of God, it is no peace. This path of life that Jesus calls us to follow can be painful, and it can sow divisions when it causes us to question the status quo. Jesus is upfront and honest about this. As Jesus speaks these words, his face is set to Jerusalem. He is on a road that will deal him death at the hands of powerful forces outside of his control, like so many others in our world today. And he is on his way to resurrection and new life. He is on a w- his way to a journey that forever defeats the death and sin that surrounds us in this world and offers us the peace that matters. Not a false peace of avoidance or going along to get along, but the peace that comes from living in the promise that our, hel- that our life is held in God's eternal embrace. Nothing can take that away from us. And because we can face the conflicts within us between what we say and what we do, and we can face the conflicts between us that arise when we seek to more closely follow the Jesus way. Jesus' words beckon us to face the oppression and injustice that surround us and to embrace hope. Hope that each act of grace that we do in the name of Christ that brings us into conflict with the people around us is part of God's act to bring abundant life to this world. We are not powerless. In baptism, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, marked with the cross of Christ, and sent ablaze into God's world to kindle hope and mercy and love. In the words of the poet Mary Oliver, be ignited or be gone. We hope you've been fed by the word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at the word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.